Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Turn with us tonight to the book of uh, Hebrews, chapter number 11. Well, actually, turn with me to Luke chapter 17 first. We'll get to Hebrews 11 before it's over, but Luke chapter number 17. Get it myself. Luke chapter number 17. I'm just going to read two verses and uh, let that be our text tonight. So desire your prayers. Luke chapter 17. We'll begin at verse number 5. And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamore tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Father, open our heart to this truth. We recognize that everyone needs it. May it be planted, God, in such a way that change begins right away. Help us. We we need you to increase our faith, to speak to us, God, in, in our heart in a way that, Lord, we leave this place different than we came. Thank you for what you're going to do. Open our heart to this word and your word to our heart. We're trusting you in this. Speak it as only you can. In a way, God, that with authority every heart obeys. We ask you believing as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As I read this scripture, I was still troubled by the call I had got Monday night. And as I'd prayed Tuesday morning and again this morning for that man, and and it kind of compelled me to try to think of every pastor I know and to pray for them in a similar way. Um, There were a couple of thoughts that the Spirit began to to deal with me on, and one maybe I'll share later, but but this one I feel like is important for now. Uh, The disciples recognized something, I believe, as in the 17th chapter of Luke, you're you're toward the end of the book and they had seen a great deal of things. They had seen Jesus do miraculous wonders and to them there was certainly no question. And uh, I want to start tonight by suggesting that, that there's none of us truly that would be able to say our faith is sufficient. Um, if If the apostles of Jesus Christ weren't able to do it, it's highly likely that none of us are where we need to be. Or in other words, that our faith could get greater. Our our faith could be stronger. Now, you can read the first four verses, and and if you just read verse number five and, and didn't kind of, you would say, well, what in the world are those two verses doing packed in between verse number four and verse number seven? And I asked my saint, myself the same question, and I, I tried my best to 
pull the context out of the first four and apply them in some way, and I found I was just making suggestions to myself. I don't know why the apostle said, Lord, increase my faith. It's not apparent in the first four verses of why the apostles suddenly recognized that their faith was was lacking or insufficient. Maybe it was when Jesus told them something so overwhelming like, I expect you, if a man sins against you seven times in a day, you're going to forgive him all seven times. Maybe that startled them. Maybe they recognized right then that I I don't think I can do that. I need more faith. Maybe it was something else they had seen just before. I don't know. But I can tell you this. It was an earnest request. At least it is for me. I said, Lord, increase our faith. When you look in the scripture and you see the power of God set free through the person of Christ, you see him do these wonders and miracles. We read about them. They got to see them. And yet they, in this place, were saying, Lord, increase our faith. Help us. I want you to notice what Jesus said to them in verse Number six, and the Lord said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamore tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. Did he increase their faith right then? Did he even answer their question or their request? He did not. He did not. As I read that, I was even more compelled to to dig deeper into the subject. And I want to share with you just three specific circumstances from the New Testament where their faith was insufficient. This being one, and they had said, Lord, increase our faith. And all he said back to them was, look, if you had faith, that was the size of a mustard seed. You could say unto that tree, be plucked up by the roots and cast into the sea. And it would be. I don't know about you, but that when, when I'm thinking, if I'm an apostle, and I, and, and I say, Lord, increase my faith, and he looks at me and says, you know what? If your faith was just that big, you could say to a tree, be plucked up and cast into the sea. I'm thinking to myself, I, I, I'm just dropping my head and walking away. Because what Jesus said was, your faith ain't even as big as a mustard seed. And yet he didn't tell them how to increase their faith. They said, Lord, increase our faith. And, and while he said, all he did to them was basically described what powerful faith is like. I want to take Matthew 17 as an example as well. You'll remember the man that brought his son to Jesus his son who was possessed of devils, lunatic, they called him, the one that had cast him into the waters trying to drown him into the fire, trying to to destroy the child. And uh, the man had brought his son to his disciples and they couldn't heal him. And they finally brought him to Jesus. 
The Bible said that Jesus cast out the devil in, in verse number 18, and Jesus rebuked the devil. This is Matthew 17, verse 18. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart. All right, here's another time when the disciples, it seems that they're sincere at least. They come to Jesus when they're in private and they say, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, and we've graduated from a tree to a mountain, the, the same size faith, tiny, almost imperceivable, and yet Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, be ye removed and cast into the sea. And he said, it would be. Now, the same thing. The disciples are saying, why couldn't we cast out this devil? Now, Jesus did tell them. He said, this kind comes with much prayer and fasting. So there was obviously something special about the circumstance. But, what, but did Jesus answer their question? He did so by saying it's because of your unbelief, but he didn't tell them how to get more faith. Jesus didn't tell them how to get more faith. And yet that was their earnest, that was what they were concerned about. If it's our faith, how do we increase our faith? Lastly, Matthew chapter 19, just a couple of chapters over, Verse number 26, here's what it said. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now, this is the story of the rich young ruler that had come to Jesus and had had said, What do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus told him this and that. And he said, I've done all these things. And he said, Well, you still lack one thing. Sell all you have, give it to the poor, and come and follow me. The Bible said the man dropped his head and he went away sorrowful and he wasn't saved. And Jesus made a statement to them and he said, he said, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter into heaven. And the disciples responded and they said, Lord, then who can be saved? Now, these, are, these are all valid questions and concerns. Who can be saved? And Jesus said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Inferring again that the power to do anything lies in our ability to believe that he can do it. Now, I said all that to try to at least create a platform for which we can start to preach. Is my faith as big as a grain of mustard seed? Obviously not, right? I I couldn't say to a feather, be ye moved a foot away, much less a tree or a mountain. Yet I don't think Jesus was just using examples that were extraordinary to prove his point. I think he was being literal. I think Jesus could have said to a tree, 
be moved into the sea and, and I'm absolutely certain the tree would have moved. We're talking about the same one that stood and said, let there be light. Yeah. Who made everything we know out of nothing. Can he say to a mountain, be ye removed and cat? Yes, he can. And yet what he's saying to them is that your faith is no greater than a mustard seed. As a matter of fact, it it must be far less. Indicating that these men that that had watched him do miracles, that had seen the mighty works of God performed before their very eyes, and yet even they had faith that was insufficient. So I've got to ask the question then, what is faith? What is faith? And that leads us into Hebrews chapter number 11. Hebrews chapter number 11. I'm going to read from there just one verse. It's the first verse. Hebrews chapter number 11, verse number 1 said, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What is faith? Faith is obviously believing. It is believing. Now, there's people say that I, I, I don't have any faith. Well, we, we all have faith, right? I mean, if, if I ask Matthew, is, do you believe your car is still out there? You're going to say yes. And so you actually believe that. You have no reason not to believe that my vehicle is not still out there. Also believe that when I put my key in it, it's going to start. I believe that I'll make it home in it. I believe that when I get there, there'll be a home there, right? And, and the list goes on. You can, we all have faith. It's not a question of whether we have faith. The question is whether your faith is growing. Is your faith going in the direction that it needs to be? I hope we've established that our faith is not where it needs to be. The question is, is it going the right direction? Is your faith getting bigger or is it getting smaller? Do you believe God more or do you believe God less? Do you believe God at all? When you pray, do you have expectations? When you call on God, is there something that that moves in you that persuades you? As is inferred in Hebrews 11.1, the Bible said that faith is the substance. Substance meaning the confident expectation. Faith is the confident expectation of things hoped for. Now may I say to you today that all things that I hope for, the objects of my hope are the objects of my faith. You can't separate the two because everything I hope for is linked directly to the faith that I have in the one that can provide those things. And I do believe, I do believe that Jesus Christ is able to do all things. I believe that he's able to part the waters and walk millions of people on dry ground to the other side. I believe that he's able to call from the wind a whirlwind and to scatter everything in his path. I believe that he wrote uh, the, the, through the stars into heaven and causes the sun to rise and the moon to fade. I believe it. I believe that. And yet we find ourselves in a place where we're struggling just to believe God to do simple things. 
Is our faith growing? Is it going in the right direction? It's certain that faith is obviously the struggle of most people. Faith is the very thing that God is trying to work at. And yet it confounds me as I thought about this and prayed about it. I've I've got an answer, so just hang on. But but as I struggled with why it was that Jesus, he didn't explain to them when they said increase our faith. He didn't say, look, your faith is going to get bigger as this and this and this. He didn't do that. All he said was is that the power in faith is extraordinary. And he did that over and over. He said he over and over he would tell them that your faith, if it was just just a meager amount of faith, he said your faith can do all things. Not because your faith specifically is big or not big, but because your God is big. Your God is infinite. Your God is extraordinary. Your God is beyond everything that you can understand or comprehend. God is so big that we can't know his mind or know his thoughts. And yet in all of this, He's saying, if you can just believe God's son, you'll find that your faith will increase and that you'll see the power of God revealed. God has power that we don't know nothing about. God has abilities that we've never even sought of. God can do what we cannot do. And according to Jesus, with men, yes, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. All things. Lord, increase our faith. Well, if faith is the confident expectation of things hoped for, it also said that faith is is also the evidence of the things not seen. How do we grasp truly what faith is? Faith is to the soul what my eyes are to my body. Now, my eyes, when looking at this water bottle, I have a confident expectation that as I reach my hand forth, I'll pick it. Now, if I close my eyes, it becomes much more difficult, right? If my eyes had been closed before I got up here, I wouldn't even know there was one there. But faith is to my soul what my eyes are to my body. It allows me to see the things that I cannot or would not have been able to see. If a man shut his eyes and tried to go through a whole day, he would not be able to accomplish anything. And yet the same is true with your faith and my faith. It is not the work that makes it evidence. It is my faith that is the evidence of the things I cannot see. Faith is the very thing that allows me to see what is not seeable. I'm not getting too profound, am I? You understand what I'm trying to say? Right, I can see this water bottle and I picked it up just as quickly as I could say it. But it's because I can see it. Now, the Bible says that I don't walk by sight. I walk spiritually by what? Faith. So we see the essence of the Bible said without faith it is impossible to please God. Everything that our spiritual life revolves around is your ability and my ability to believe God for the things that are impossible. Does it make sense then that God would put us through trials, circumstances, struggles of life that might force us 
to trust him. How do we increase our faith? Well, I think there's a scripture that helps us with that, and we'll get there in a second. But what is faith? Faith is the substance. It is the earnest, confident expectation. Faith is the confident expectation, the substance of the things I hope for. Now, I want to give us an exercise tonight. I want you to just ask yourself the question, what is it I hope for the most? What is it I hope for the most? All right, let that, let that one, just that one, right? You may have 10, but just let that one be right here, front lobe. And, and you say, what I hope for the most, all right? Now, it, let's be clear. If it's a car, quit playing, all right? You just sit there and listen to everybody else. But if, I'm, but if we're talking real stuff, right? Well, let me back up. If you're carless and you really need a car, all right, that's valid, okay? You know what I'm trying to say? What do you really hope for? Right? Because when it comes right down to it, it ain't earthly. What I really need is for you to go to heaven. Right? One of my children. I want him to go to heaven. And I hope for that. It is my desire. So the first thing I got to do is I got to ask myself the question, is this the will of God? When it comes to faith, the first thing I've got to recognize is when it comes to faith, there are some things that I can count on and there are some things that I don't know. What can I count on? I can count on that book. And if he said it, you can write her down because he meant it and he'll do it. It doesn't make any difference what the circumstance or the subject or the situation is. All of those things are covered by his promises. If he made a promise, here's what I can tell you. When you pray, believe it, right? If you can search in the word of God and you can find a promise that backs up what it is you're hoping for, here's what I can tell you. Hang on, it's coming, right? You can absolutely count on it. I believe we struggle even with those things. God help us, amen. God forgive me. But I believe we struggle even for the easy thing. You say, what's the easy thing? Those things he has promised. Right, let let me use just a quick illustration. I don't think it's far-fetched, but it could be. Let's say your greatest hope was is that you not be alone. Now, what does the Word of God say about you being alone if you're a child of God? All right, so we have the Word of God that gives us clear direction and His will and His promise to us. So here's what I can tell you. If you're feeling alone, it won't last long, right? Because you've got a Father, and He has made a promise to you, and if you'll follow and stick to His Word, trust Him, I can assure you, whatever your aloneness feeling is, He's fixing to clear that up for you. Because you're not alone, you have a promise from God, and He won't fail, cannot fail, cannot lie. So we need to believe God for those things. We need to believe God when he says something that he will do it. Now, then there's those things that I don't know the will of God. Now, when it comes to the soul of another person, what do we know? Does God love them? Not his will that any should perish. Whoever we're pointing at, it's not his will that you die and go to hell. That's not his will. What do we know about what Jesus did for the sinner? Did he die for all? 
He did die for all. We also know that not all will be saved, that many will reject him. As a matter of fact, the majority will go the way of the wicked, and only a few will come down that straight and narrow path, having believed in Jesus Christ and actually enter into heaven. Only a few. That's what it says. But we do have the promise that it's not his will that they go to hell. So what I know about that is not whether or not he's going to save them, but that he will save them. He will save them if they'll believe, right? If, if, if that's the time, if that's the point, if, if they're the chosen of God, here's what I can be certain of is that he will do what he's going to do. But there are things that I'm praying for. There are things that I'm asking God for that I'm having to believe God because I don't have a specific promise that's going to solve it. So there are some things that I just got to believe God for. I've just got to trust him for it. I'm just going to have to say, you know what? I don't know what you're going to do, but here's what I'm asking for, right? As best I can, I'm not violating your will or your purpose throughout Scripture. I'm not contrary to your will as far as the direction or my hope or my desire. But when it comes right down to it, here's what it is. And I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you to do what you can do. And you know what? When we get in that situation, what we can know is that God never, he he never fails. He never fails. He cannot fail. Faith is the substance. It is the earnest expectation, the confident expectation of the things that we're hoping for. And faith and hope are linked together. You can't separate the two. Whatever, whatever the object of your hope is, that must also be the object of your faith. Right? The two, the two work together. And faith is to my soul what my eyes are to my body. Right? And the more faith I have, spiritually speaking, the more faith, the more I can see. Spiritually, right? Those things that spiritually are invisible to you and I are seen by faith. You you know what I'm talking about. You get on your knees and you're praying earnestly for someone and you're praying that that something would happen and, and you can see it in your mind. Right, And you can, you can recognize the power of his Holy Spirit and how he could do that and what he could do and what would happen afterwards. And all of those things are real in your consciousness. How? Because I believe and I know that God can do that and that he has power to reach into the hearts of sinners and do things that I can't do. So faith truly, truly is the evidence. Faith is the evidence of the things not seen. Now, there's plenty of verses in the Scripture concerning not being able to see things, but I want to give you one. First Peter chapter 1, verse number 8. Here's what it said. Whom having not seen. All right, verse number 7 was speaking about Christ and was speaking about seeing him at his glorious appearing. In verse number 8, it comes right in and it says, Whom having not seen, you love. In whom, though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable, and full of glory, 
right? We, we like to use that term, don't we? Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Did you know that it was tied directly to faith? And what he's saying is, is look, you can't see God. You can't see Jesus, and yet you're telling me, honestly, that you love him? Right? We nod in our head, yes, I do. And that's what Paul was saying. He said, or Peter was saying, he said, you say you love him, and yet you've never seen him. How can that even occur? It's faith, right? He said, you see him not yet because you believe. You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Brother was singing that song a while ago, and I, I could just feel the joy in my soul. Why? Because Jesus paid the price I couldn't pay. And by his mercy, he saved a rich when he saved me. And you know what? I could just almost see it. Through the faith, I realize it, that people have a hard time understanding because as Steve was talking about earlier, right? They want you to give them a one, two, three formula and they'll go do that and everything will be okay. And yet what we find out about Christ is, is it ain't about doing. It's about believing. What he said to the disciples when they said, Lord, why can't we do that? And he said, because you don't believe. So what is faith? Faith is all of those things that we've just shared. But how do we then apply that faith? I'm going to give you just a couple of verses. Verse number 38 of Hebrews chapter 10, he said this. Now, mind you, verses 38 and 39 of Hebrews 10 are right before Hebrews 11.1. So I don't have it in reverse. I'm just taking it to you in a backwards way. Hebrews 11.1 is what is faith, but Hebrews 10.38 and 39 is what faith is used for. So here we have the function of faith given to us in Hebrews 10.38. Specifically, it says, Now the just shall live by faith. Here we go, speaking about this spiritual walk of men and women who have believed in Christ. You say, how in the world can I live for Christ? By faith alone, right? For we walk not by sight, we walk by faith. Today, our faith, our faith started from a measure that he gave us, but it ought to be growing. Why? Because the just live by faith. The just live by faith. And therefore, faith ought to be active. It ought to be like a muscle that we exercise. And every day that we exercise faith, we grow that muscle. We grow that faith. Faith is exercised as we live. Why? Because the just live by faith. They don't live by works or all of these other things. Those things come secondary. What to the Christian is paramount is that we live by faith. And that's believing in what we can't see. Believing in the one whom we can't see, we love him anyway. 
We love him and we believe to the point that we rejoice with a joy unspeakable and full of glory. So it shouldn't confound us that the very essence of how the Christian lives is by faith. For the just shall live by faith. And so he get, adds this, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now, it's not just because he drew back. The problem is, is he quit believing. He quit having faith. And so when we stop, when we allow that muscle to, to cease and become apathetic, or we, we allow it simply to degenerate because we have not used it, then you're not living the life of the just, of the Christian, of the believer. All right, I'm going to close. But you got to know this, the just live by faith. How do we, how do we increase our faith? It's through the daily living. The daily living is where we exercise our faith. Now, if you're trying to do anything for God at all, I can almost tell you how your life goes, right? You're struggling. Because you've got an adversary, and I'm telling you, it makes the devil mad when you try to do anything for God. When you try to read your Bible, when you try to pray, when you try to intervene or intercede for other people, when you try to do anything that is of a spiritual nature, not only is there an adversary at work against you, but your own flesh hates it. Daily living For the just man or woman ought to be what compels us to exercise our faith. Exercise that which we cannot see, that which we cannot hear with our ear. We know that he is there. We know that he is all powerful. We know that he can do all things. We know what his word says and by faith we can please God. And it is that daily living that exercises our faith. All right, I'm not going to get too far on the other side, but remember what he said just after the just shall live by faith. He said, but if any man draw back, he said, I'll have no pleasure in him. And he goes in verse 39 and says, but we are not of them who draw back. Let's be clear. He said, we are not of them who draw back under perdition at least, but we're of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Right? There's your faith again. We're of them that believe because the just will live by faith. Faith alone. Lastly, 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse 7 through 9. I'm just going to read verse 7. That the trial of your faith, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth. Though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and to honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. How is our faith increased? It's that daily walk with Christ. That daily walk that when you get up in the morning, spiritually, you cannot see how God is going to do it. But in your heart, you say, I know God is going to do it. Believe.
believing with the heart, right? Seeing with your faith those things that only God can do. The just shall live by faith. And here's how it works. You believe and then before you know it, God did it. And then you see what God did and it increases your faith. And then you see something greater. And it it continues to elevate and escalate as you walk by faith and not by sight. And you as the just of God continue to grow in faith because you're allowing your faith to be exercised day over day. Come get a song. It's the daily living that our faith has to be exercised. If we're going to grow in faith, friend, you're going to have to be exercising your faith. You're going to have to be allowing that those things you can't see and that you're simply hoping to God for, that you allow the same faith that, that believes God for it. You allow both of those things to work in unison and you simply trust God in spite of circumstances. And every day that you do that, your faith is increasing. Is my faith where it needs to be? No, I think it's pretty clear that, that all of our faith there's probably none of us to say, yeah, I've, mine's as big as that mustard seed now. But what we can say is that, that God is greater than anything else. And he is able to do what man cannot do. Some say, well, we, we just limit God because we don't believe. Listen, I, I don't know that I can limit God. Let's just be honest. There's nothing in my life that controls the supreme. He does what he wants to do. Whether I believe or don't believe, sometimes he just does. Right? Ain't you glad for that? Right? That's what the the dad or the poor kid that the Lord asked him. He said, you believe I do this? What did he say? He said, I believe. He said, but help my unbelief. Which means what? Which means he had some doubt. What did Jesus do? Well, he healed him anyway. Even though he had some doubt, even though he wasn't perfectly faith in the whole object and belief, Jesus healed him anyway. He can do anything he wants to do. Right? You should be afraid if you think for one minute I can limit God. Now, I can't limit God. God's not limited by you, and he's not limited by me. But I can tell you that my daily walk with God is hindered when I don't believe. When I will not believe him, especially for the stuff he promised me. The just live by faith. And I believe that he's trying to grow your faith and mine. But it's in that trial of your faith that Peter said, yet yet like it's tried by fire, where it just burns and suddenly the, the things that shouldn't be in your life come to the surface and you're able to identify those and repent and, and allow him to strip from you those things that should not be there. You know what that leaves? It leaves a faith that is stronger than it was before. Because God is purified from that. 
the dross, and, and he has allowed the trial of your faith, which he said was more precious than gold. Because the only way to please God is by faith. The importance of faith can't be overestimated. We couldn't preach too much on it. And how we go at it every day is pitiful. Right? We ought to be more, we ought to be more conscious of the importance of this. If, if what pleases God, he made clear, should that not be at the apex of all that we do? All right, I'm going to hush. This was meant to encourage you. I don't know if it did or not, but it was meant to. Because we need to believe God. And we we all will say, I believe him. I believe him. Right? Don't we do that? Oh, I believe God. And yet the first hurdle that we run into on Thursday morning, you know, we're, as we're tumbling down the hill, we're saying to ourselves, God, where are you? What are you doing? You have failed me. Right? Knowing all along that none of that can be true. We need, we need to focus on faith. All right. All right. I promise this is the last thing. My heart was broke when I was talking to that man Monday night. As he was telling me, the tears were flowing from my own eyes. And I kept thinking, I wish I had a word that I could just tell him. The just live by faith. I can't explain a lot of stuff. And I can't make people do things either. Right? People do what they want to do. That's that's it. People do what they want to do. But I can believe God. And I know this much about God. He won't fail me. If my faith is in you, I'm going to be disappointed. Because even the best you do, you're going to fail. You're going to miss it. But he's never failed me. Not one time. See, my problem and the discouragement that that pastor had was the discouragement that every pastor faces and you face we all face it it's because our expectations was built upon what another human is going to do and if my expectations is built upon 125 people being here at every service every time i walk through the door i will be disappointed i will be discouraged if that was my expectation Brother, if you're putting your faith in man, you're going to be let down a bunch. The point of the whole thing was to put your faith in God. Your faith needs to be growing. Are we discouraged? Yes, we do get discouraged. 
Are we disappointed? Yes. Are we expecting God to do something? Yes. Are we excited that He will and soon? Yes. But all of that is a process of trying your faith, removing the junk from that pure faith that He wants to get to, stripping from you those things that need not be there. As He grows your Lord, increase our faith. That is a work that God does in us, is trying to do in us every day as the just live by faith. Every day. Stand as we sing.